Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Woodstock, Georgia, it's time for Cherokee Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Welcome to another exciting and informative edition of Cherokee Business Radio. Stone Payton here with you this morning. And today's episode is brought to you in part by Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, veteran-owned, and direct trade, which of course means from seed to cup, there are no middlemen. Please go check them out at myalmacoffee.com and go visit their roastery cafe at 3448 Holly Springs Parkway in Canton. Ask for Harry or the brains of the outfit, Leticia, and please tell them that Stone sent you. You guys are in for a real treat this morning. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast. First up on Cherokee Business Radio this morning with TimeWise Financial, Mr. Matthew Atwood. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Stone. Thanks so much for having me on. It is a delight to have you in the studio. I think maybe we initially connected at YPOW or Woodstock Business Club or both. I don't know. That's correct. YPOW, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So time-wise, financial, mission, purpose. Uh, how would you describe what you're really out there trying to do for folks? Yeah, of course. So time-wise really tries to strip away the jargon. So we're uh, certified financial planners, but... What we found in our time in the industry is a lot of people's business model in this industry is to show their value to their clients by showing how much they know relative to the client, speaking over their head, if you will. (laughs) And so we try to strip away the jargon and really align their portfolio with their purpose. And so that's a core tenet of the plans that we build is first focusing on, you know, what is your ideal day in retirement look like? Because in our experience, a lot of people, you know, when they lack structure, they've had structure for 40, 50, 60 years during their working years. And as soon as they quit working, if they're not careful, that all that structure kind of falls away and they Mm -hmm. can lack a purpose. And so first we want to design a purpose for their retirement. Well, does that look like travel domestically or internationally? Uh, you know, does that look like some volunteer work in their community? What, what does retirement look like? And then we can design, you know, a plan that aligns with that purpose. Uh, so that's really what we do at TimeWise. So I got to ask why finance, uh, you know, when, when our next guest, uh, Trevon, and I were playing Cowboys and Indians or Cops and Robbers, were you like counting money? And <laughs> what was the catalyst for you to get into finance, man? Yeah, so at 17, I wanted to be a corporate attorney. That was my, my goal in life. Mm. And so I went to college and did about nine weeks of a pre-law poli-sci program. <laughs> and uh, my roommate freshman year, both of his parents were successful real estate attorneys in the Atlanta area. Really looked up to them instantly because, you know, I looked to get into their industry in, in a way, one way or another. And they kind of gave me a warning uh, at the time. And I wasn't really enjoying my coursework either. And uh, they said, hey, if you want to be in a courtroom, just know that for every hour of litigation, there's about 20 hours of paperwork. And that didn't really sound like what I wanted to do. <laughs> and so I was kind of at an impasse. And I was like, well, if I'm going to study something, I want it to at least have some value. And worst case, if it doesn't work out and I decide to go be a park ranger or something, uh, 
finance is a degree path that will at least serve me. You know, I can learn a little bit about how to manage my own money uh, and put it to work. And I quickly became impassioned by the field. And I've always been an educator. uh, And the reason, you know, kind of one, I guess, point to validate that is when I would study for my tests, I would invite people to come in classmates that is and the way i would study for the test was to kind of teach them that's how i i learned was to teach that's uh, brilliant and so uh there was a charge you know maybe like a chick-fil-a sandwich to come in and <laughs> andy's uh, <laughs> making money you hear right. that i'd pay it <laughs> yeah and so i always enjoyed educating and, and financial planning and working as an advisor to individuals who maybe their education is focused in engineering or some other field really allowed me to do that and, and that's when people ask, well, what does a financial planner do? At least at our firm, we, the core tenet is education. We like clients mm. to know what they own and truly understand it. And so it really aligned well with my goals. Uh, okay, but that path, that path has some academic rigor to it as well. Um, so you went down that path for your formal education, and then there's tests and stuff you got to pass to be able to do what you're doing, right? Tell us about that. Qualifications, credentials, that kind of stuff. No doubt, yeah. So as soon as you get out, you've got some federal exams you got to take. Uh, series 7, Series 63, you might have heard about those. Mm-hmm. And those tests are, are no joke. They definitely, and <laughs> I was actually starting my career at E-Trade, and the rules of the engagement were if you fail the 7, you lose your job. So I'm, I'm fresh out of school. Ouch. I got some student loans, Ooh. and uh, the test had a, a lot more... Uh, I guess, meaning to my trajectory at the time because I, I couldn't afford to lose that job. Yeah, no pressure. And so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I went on and, and took the certified financial planning exam, which also includes a, a rigorous, you know, almost 4,000-hour course that you are required to knock out first. And wow. so that really, I think, while it gives me the credentials in the industry, it really also, as a young professional in the industry, gave me the confidence that I truly do know what's going on because the test uh, is proven to be quite rigorous and uh you know i got through it uh not necessarily with flying colors you know i definitely had some (laughs) some good days and bad days along the way but uh i now can uh, i guess back up my knowledge with the coursework that i i completed fantastic so you you briefly mentioned e-trade and it's it's i'm under the impression that there are a lot of um online uh, opportunities to go and, and, and do and do your investing on online is that uh, what is the differentiator how do you how do you uh, operate in a world that also makes that available to the layperson like me yes yeah, so at the end of the day time is money and if you spend enough time anyone can do exactly what I'm doing you could manage your own portfolio, you could manage your own investments, but it's going to take uh, an input, which is time. And so you can do, take the online router or use a robo-advisor and finance, at least investing, in my opinion, is you know 80% emotions while only about 20% head knowledge. And so managing your emotions mm. along the way is the real challenge of being a disciplined investor. And so having an independent third party like us uh, uh, who isn't necessarily as emotionally attached to the dollars and cents in your portfolio, Mm -hmm. we're vested because we're a fiduciary and fee-based. So we have a vested interest in having your uh, portfolio appreciate, but we can help you take a step back and say, we're focusing on three months of market performance right now. But 
your portfolio, we can show you historically over the long run, has never lost money. Uh, over a 10-year period, a 20-year period, there's never been a single market cycle, even if we start in 2001 and include, you know, 9-11, the Great Recession, the, the, you know, the war over in Iraq, all those things that was one of the worst market cycles that we've seen in a long time. Your portfolio still made money over the long run. And that long-term perspective, that independent third-party perspective, is, I think, where we can really add value to any investor's portfolio. So I I resemble that remark because I, I I can envision me getting a you know a tip at the club right, <laughs> right? and wanting to jump on it because I'm excited about the industry or you know I just I just want to play I, so I got to ask do, do you ever find yourself um, almost being a therapist because don't, you're working with couples a lot families and stuff right you got to have that. <laughs> no doubt. No right. doubt. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, crazy what kind of, uh, you know, I guess you could say minor conflicts can come up in the meetings because two two people in a couple may have discussed we want to travel when we retire. But the whole time one may have been envisioned, you know, travel up in Gatlinburg in the mountains and the other down in Fort Lauderdale, you know. And so when we get close to the end, they may realize, hey, we aren't necessarily aligned in our purpose or our goals. Uh, and additionally, you know, during those market downturns when people are really panicking and the news nowadays I, I tell people you know back when a lot of my clients were my age walter cronkite was on for 30 minutes a day you know that was the only news coverage you got to see and nowadays we have 24 7 hysteria filled news just flooded uh, yeah, the marketplace yeah. and so it's, it's much more challenging to keep your emotions in check as an investor and so that is where we can really step in and add value for our clients so I know in, in my business, uh, with, with digital media, digital radio, there's a podcasting aspect to the work that, that we do. There are a lot of misconceptions. Um, and so there's a, there's a great deal of education that we might do with a prospective client or sometimes even a guest so that they get the most out of hanging out with us and, and interacting with us. I got to believe th- that you run into a number of misconceptions and, and maybe see some patterns and uh, maybe to the point that, that you already are pretty well equipped to get some of those out of the way pretty early in your conversations. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so I would say people, I guess, have a misconception of they just need to buy stocks, index and forget. Uh, they think that they don't necessarily need a custom tailored suit. Uh, and so, uh, but what it comes down to is as you start to build wealth, there start to be some real tax implications you have to keep in mind. There start mm. to be some estate planning strategies you want, you might want to keep in mind. And they're, they're, the real question comes, you know, once you turn 65 or 60 or whatever, when you reach that retirement, everybody might know how much they want to pool from their retirement but we can help build a plan that, you know, designed to strategically source those assets throughout your retirement and minimize your taxes. So I think one misconception of at least our firm is uh, our industry, rather, that it's quite simple at face value. Um, and you can just listen to Clark Howard and do a few tips and you'll be set. But uh, I really think much like, uh, you know, uh, I don't do my own CT scans. I don't do my own surgeries. (laughs) There comes a point where you need to involve a professional. (laughs) Well said. So uh, let's talk about mentors uh, a a little bit. And I'll ask on both sides of the equation. Have you um, 
had the opportunity to be mentored at, at points in your career, and have you yet uh, taken advantage of the opportunity to try to to try to be a mentor to others? Of course, yes. Yeah. So in college, I started uh, a student investment club at our university where it was for all majors. We had biology, physical therapists, uh, some business professionals as well, and uh, the whole purpose of the club was to you know educate people about investing but uh, the real value that we had was we would bring in industry professionals from banking you know uh, investing and other industries and have them really speak to what they do how they got there and it was an opportunity for the club members to connect with that person you know and in one case lane steinberger he's a you know investment professional in the alpharetta area who uh, was a a valuable mentor to me and helped me navigate my job selection as I was getting ready to enter the the industry. Um, and it was a very valuable experience. Now on the flip, now that I'm, you know, in the industry and started to get set up, uh, the opportunities to serve as a mentor have been to club members. Now, you know, members that are still, uh, you know, UNG alumnus or is still mm. at the school will reach out. And oftentimes I'll meet them for lunch and they're just, I guess, overwhelmed with the decisions that are facing them and I'll help them kind of navigate it and ask some of those questions that maybe they haven't really thought about their, their problem in a certain light and help them find a solution or a direction as to where they should go. And additionally, we, we've started up an internship program at our firm time wise where we've, uh, you know, with KSU and U, UGA, um, uh, are looking to bring on interns each summer to, uh, you know, give them a, idea of what this industry is like is it a good fit for them and and maybe even an opportunity to join a firm i think that's fantastic and my instinct is and trevon maybe you'll agree with me that when he mentors they buy lunch yeah (laughs) just just based on what we've learned so far right right right. (laughs) chick-fil-a i I think you've probably already touched on on at least part of this uh answer with your comments about education being such an important part of your work but but i'll ask uh I'm kind of wired. I, I came from the training consulting world, but I gravitated much more toward the, the sales and marketing side. Uh, I did a little design and delivery work, but that's but but I'm a, I'm a sales guy, right? Uh, so I'm always interested. How does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a business like yours? Because I got to believe it's it's. Uh, I mean, it would be tough. You can't just pick up the phone and say, "Hey, Travon, you know, would you like to explore some ideas for investing your hard-earned money?" I, I, like, <laughs> what is the process? It's very tough because our industry is so trust-based. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's uh, you don't just hand over your life savings and have someone management to the you know a guy you meet off the street. You want to build some trust first, and so you look. You know, nowadays for a lot of industries, web-based or social media-based marketing is a huge influx of their business. But even the big firms like E-Trade or TD that are huge behemoth companies in our industry don't get much engagement on their social media, you know, and they have, they're investing many more dollars than we are into those posts and those marketing efforts. And so the way we really are able to grow our business is through referrals. So by treating our existing clients to the, you know, with the best level of service that we can, they get a level of confidence to where when one of their friends out on the golf course or at a dinner is talking about, you know, they're getting ready to retire, 
they we we come to mind and they say you need to give matt a call you know you need to reach out to him additionally we can partner up with other uh, businesses in the community we call them centers of influence that are mm-hmm. maybe in a related field um maybe they are a cpa in the in the in the local area who they manage taxes but they might have clients who have five financial planning needs and we can kind of scratch each other's back. Um, and so those are the, really the ways. And it's a slow burn. Uh, you know, a car salesman, when they go and try to create a sale, it's a very quick sales cycle. You know, you just, uh, you, a prospect walks in, they enjoy the car, they don't, and you close the deal. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, our process is, because we have to build that trust, is a, a multi-month process where we're getting to know the client and ensure, hey, they are a good fit for us because it's a fool's errand to assume that every person that walks in the door is going to be the best fit for our firm when there's hundreds of thousands of advisors across the country. But also, are they a good fit for, you know, are we a good fit for them rather? Uh, and so there's a little bit of a, a dance that happens in the first phase to make sure, hey, we align with one another. We're a good fit because Otherwise, we don't want to waste their time or, you know, and, and put them out by maybe they don't really align. They don't care about their purpose. They don't care about the core competencies that we offer. So we want to make sure there's a really good alignment there first before we even pursue a business relationship. That's good. So that, that makes me want to ask about, as a layperson, seeing all these people out there, uh, particularly at this point in my career, I don't. We're on some lists somewhere. We we get invited to the steak dinners and, and all this stuff. And I, I got tickled the other day. I told Holly, I said, "It's something happened to our financial picture that I don't know about because I'm used to getting an invitation to go to like Prime One Twenty or one of these things." Or, and 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 this one came and it was at Golden Corral. <laughs> <laughs> is there something I don't know about our status? Uh, but no, the question is. Um, are there some red flags that people and I should be looking for? Like, if you see this, you know, d- d- run, do not walk, run away. <laughs> yeah, and some of this is based on my experience in the industry, but uh, there's some firms that operate entirely on commission. And so mm-hmm. those firms, it's easy for, and not all the advisors in those roles do this, but it's easy for them to sell you a product, collect the commission, and never talk to you again, mm. uh, and not have that meaningful relationship with their clients. So I always encourage people to ask their financial advisor to ensure that they're um, bound to be a fiduciary. A CFP is always bound to be a fiduciary. So if you've got a professional who's a CFP, that's a good start. Mm. Um, and make sure they're fee-based because the way it works is with a commission, that that uh, professional collects all their payment on the front end. Whereas we as a fee-based firm, we charge a fee each year. But because our firm's revenue is dependent upon you know the size of your portfolio, if your portfolio appreciates our fee appreciates as well. So we have an extremely vested interest in minimizing your participation on the downside while maximizing your participation on the upside and ensuring you know we all win together. All right, so let's walk it through. Uh, let's, well, let's talk about me for a minute. It's one of my favorite <laughs> topics. <laughs> uh, so my wife, Holly, she has a real job with a little company some of you may have heard of called IBM. Uh, and, uh, and she's, I don't know when she's going to hang up her cleats, but you know, it's, it's on, it's on the horizon. And, um, you know, we're, we're very blessed. We've, we've done pretty well. And I own a pretty good chunk of the network and I have this separate business here. So if, if we made it through all the, all the muck and, and, and we found you or you found us, 
what does that look like? Walk us through like the the early steps of the relationship or the engagement. What could what, cycle? Like, what could we expect as we get to know you and your firm? Yeah, of course. So the first goal is we're going to have a get to know you call, and that's where we're just going to learn a little bit about why you're seeking the services of a financial planner and give you a little bit of information about us. It's where we first start to determine, hey, is this going to be a good fit? Because we do financial planning. You know, if you're looking for someone to, you know, open a bank account, like that's not necessarily what we do. And so first we want to make sure you you are looking for the right services. Then we're going to set up an initial consultation. And this is more uh, getting into the details of your financial picture. And we're going to learn more about your cash flow situation. What are you making now? What would you like to make in retirement? You know, what type of estate plan you have in place already? Is it sufficient for your goals? We're going to learn all these details. And at the end of that meeting, we're either going to decide to pursue a financial plan or not. And if you guys like the the vibe of the meeting and, and like the direction things are going and want to pursue a financial plan at the end of that meeting, um, we will spend about eight to 10 hours between our team developing a financial plan for you. And then we'll have a recommendations meeting maybe a month or so after where we present all of our findings to you, you know, whether your portfolio was aligned with your goals. Did you have any shortfalls in your insurance coverages? Uh, did your uh, taxes? Were you overpaying in taxes last year? And uh, and then you guys can take that plan and do with it as you please. You know, you may just want a second opinion. You've already working with a professional. You want to see if you're on the right track. You may enjoy managing it yourself. You can take that plan and implement it yourself, or you can decide to move forward with us and implement and engage us as investment managers, uh, where we actually implement and monitor your plan going forward. And so that that would be the initial process. So you mentioned estate planning. So when when there's something like that, an additional service that 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 serves the 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 entire mission and purpose of what we're trying to accomplish, and and let me know if this is accurate. I can almost see you or somebody on your team being the quarterback. Like, and you've got like best in class people. Like, if if we need a an accountant or a estate planner, you've. I get the idea that you've built this this um, this cadre of people that you know and you trust and you can trust with your clients. Is that ac- is that accurate? No doubt. Yeah, we work with a few people in the community. Um, one, for example, is Mike Wooten with Cornerstone Estate Planning, uh, who is just an all star estate planner. Well, and thank you for that. I'll send him an invoice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we uh, we we first review their their client's estate plan, but we're not lawyers. You know, uh, yeah, we can yeah. tell you if there's a, a shortfall or a, maybe a blind spot in their estate plan that needs uh, rectifying, but we can't actually draw up the paperwork, but we have partnerships with local firms that offer our clients discounted rates for their services to make sure that we get that in check for them. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to switch gears on you a little bit. It's it's a question I, I often like to ask because so many of the people who, who tap into to our work, they are entrepreneurs or they they might work for a firm, but it, you know it, it, they're really like CEO of Me Incorporated. I mean, they're they're on you know they're they're running their own show. Uh, I, I'm interested to know where you go, and I don't really mean necessarily a geographic location, but but where do you go for for inspiration to get recharged and and you know kind of kind of get the enthusiasm back and get ready for the 
for the for the next wave is there an activity is it yeah 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 so for me i really find energy in the outdoors so areas mm-hmm. like lake fontana up in north carolina near robbinsville um and one addition to that area there's some really fun roads to drive and for me i'm uh-huh. a motorsport enthusiast you know I, I really love a nice a nice backcountry drive through the mountains and uh i also love watching motorsport whether it be you know formula one or moto gp uh and so these are some of the activities that i engage in that you know on the weekends or during my time off that i guess allow me to recharge and really spiritually emotionally all those things nature and and being out on whether it be the appalachian trail or just out on the lake is just a a a really great way to get away from all the noise uh that you know you can hear here in the cities and and reset yeah sounds marvelous so we were talking a little bit before we went on air uh about formula one and it sounds like such a really cool ecosystem i have a little bit of familiarity with nascar but i've never been to a formula one race and maybe i'll start watching some on on television yeah i would i would encourage anybody who's maybe interested in just scratching the itch of of checking out formula (laughs) one uh to check out there's a series on netflix called drive to survive and it's it gives a Mm. great glimpse into the world of formula one it's what got me into it when it released back in 20 2019 and uh it's really i guess sparked the enthusiasm for the sport but it's an amazing sport uh, the peak engineering of of motorsport and it's amazing what innovations you know that we use in our Mm. cars today have trickled down from the sport whether it be you know uh, your ABS, uh, your braking system, or your traction control. These were all oh. things that were invented by, you know, technical directors in Formula One first for those race cars and then trickled down to the manufacturers and, and now are in the cars that we drive every day. Pretty cool. Uh, who knew? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> all right. So uh, before we wrap, let's make sure that our listeners uh, know how to get in touch with you, speak with you or someone on your team if they'd like to learn more about some of these topics, maybe set up one of those uh, calls that you mentioned or or get together with you or go hang out at a formula one race or whatever whatever you feel like is appropriate whether it's email phone website but let's leave them with some coordinates yeah of course so i would encourage you guys to check out our website timewisefinancialllc.com also check us out on linkedin you, we have some great videos we put out for our clients and people who follow us about what's uh-huh. going on in the market so it's a great way to get a, a taste of the flavor that our business offers and uh then you can engage us via phone at 770 770- Four two zero two nine five four. Shoot me an email at matt at twf. That's Tom Whiskey Foxtrot Wealth dot com. <laughs> I love I it. Like well, thanks so much for coming in and sharing your story, man. This is uh, this has been every bit as much fun as I thought it might be. That's no great. doubt, and I really appreciate you having me on, Stone. Yeah, glad to do it. Hey, how about hanging out with us while we visit with our next guest? I'd love to. All right, gang, y'all ready for the headliner? He's, he's been very patient. He's been <laughs> nodding his head. He's been, he's been taking notes. Uh, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with Thompson Realty Group, the man himself, Trevon Thompson. How are you, man? Doing fantastic, Stone. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. So what did you learn in that last segment? Uh, that we have a similarity in our uh, love for Formula One. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's pretty right. cool. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean... Yeah, financial. The financial world is is pretty pretty crazy, pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's a lot to learn there. 
You never know what kind of connections get made in the studio when we do this. One of the things that I love about doing, if you want to be the guy in town that, that is uh, known for connecting people, get yourself a radio show. <laughs> right? No, seriously. I mean, because it's fun whether you're doing it like out on site or in the studio or, or even if you, when you're doing virtual interviews. All right. So uh, Thompson Realty Group. First question that comes to mind for me, probably for many of our uh, listeners, uh, instantly, guys, if, if you're listening at this, you know, to this six months from now, on demand, on the site, we're, we're in late July of 2022, so I know this is a little bit of a time-specific question, but let's get like an update, like state of the market. What's going on out there, man? <laughs> so it's still pretty fun, still pretty active. We are still in an extreme seller's market um for instance you know a balanced market is anything from six to seven months of inventory and what that means is if we stopped listing homes today it would take six to seven months to sell off everything that was that's currently on market um nationwide we're at 2.2 months of inventory oh right in (laughs) georgia however we're fluctuating between 1.6 and 1.8 months of inventory Mm. so uh metro atlanta if you you know whittle it down even further it's even tighter so you know we're we're pretty hot spot it's still it's still happening around here so you know even though the market is you know quote unquote slowing down the slowing down is a factor of price deceleration so what mm. that means is, you know, prices prices were accelerating at an extreme pace over the last two years. Um, some some upwards of thirty percent, twenty four percent, eighteen percent in some markets. Um, now it's really more like ten percent, eight percent, nine percent. It all depends. So just price deceleration still going up, but not at a crazy rate. <laughs> well, that's an interesting perspective. It reminds me of when I finally discovered that a federal budget cut wasn't like a budget cut at the house. Like, you know, we did spend this on groceries and now we're going to spend this. It's like the increase is not as much. Right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's all about the wording, right? Uh, I tell you, Holly and I, we, we feel so blessed. We, we moved here a little over a year ago and we put the, uh, we have a little home right here on the, on the edge of town. We kind of downsized and we bought what my, my dad would call a patio home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my first lily pad is uh, Ips on the, on the walk to town, right? So, I mean, I'm right there on the edge. Oh, uh, on the edge of town and we just love everything about this community and, and we feel so blessed because we went ahead and and nailed this thing down uh, without a contingency offer you know because we felt confident that we could sell the house and, mm-hmm. and we were able to to work that better but we were able to get into it just a little bit before things went nuts and then uh, we, we, we've always been the Christmas house. So the mm-hmm. big house in Marietta, she didn't want to sell it till after Christmas. So we, so we got into that when we got, we got that nailed down before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then um, we listed this thing and it, we never had to show it. Uh, we were asked to leave one time just when they first were getting the word out. Mm-hmm. And the first family came in, made a full price offer. And I don't know, maybe we left some money on the table, but I thought, man, the headache of showing it and all that, the money worked, you know, and I just, you know, I just dusted my hands off and said, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. So we feel so blessed. And, uh, from my understanding already, at least on paper, the, the value of our little place has, uh, really appreciated, mm-hmm. uh, r- remarkably. And then, 
the other th- reason we feel so blessed is whenever family comes to visit us, uh, even here in town, but out of town family, they're like, "Oh, we want to live here," you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, and we actually have—I I have a sister-in-law, one of Holly's one of five. Uh, she's very seriously considering it, right? She wa- i mean, she wants to. To, to, she's already retired. She wants to come here and live. So it's a wonderful community. It's a great place to live. But all that to say, everything you just described must be true in spades for this whole Woodstock, Cherokee County area, right? I mean, so Woodstock is uh, is very unique. So, you know, the, the appreciation in Woodstock was immense. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just one word to right. describe it. You know, nowhere else have you had prices almost double in a couple of years mm. here. And I mean, you, you've probably seen, you know, estimates on your equity, right? And, <laughs> right. and you go, you know, you rub your eyes and you go, <laughs> is that correct? The only <laughs> problem is I don't want to go anywhere. So I'm never going right, to, my, right. kid, my kids are going to get that right. Cause I don't, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're, you know, you're here and you're, you're, and it, that's just a, a small bit of the, the story too. Cause a lot of people, they, they want to know, Hey, where am I going to go next? If I want to move from here or if I want to get out of downtown Woodstock or wherever mm-hmm. I'm at, like we moved from East Cobb back in 2019, yeah. you know, just before this thing took off. Right. right. We bought in uh, summer of 2019 and we didn't know what was going to happen, you know, and that was, you know, I, I was actually a year later, I left my corporate job, you know, in in the middle of COVID. Wow. <laughs> did you really? I, re- I did. And so, you know, that there goes that. But I'd already been investing in real estate, so I figured, hey, why don't we move up to Canton, buy our place, make some roots, get the kids in some good schools, and and call it a day. And we did, and our equity, let's just say we've added a couple hundred thousand dollars to our equity as well since then. So it's it's been wild to see that. I mean, that's an almost, what, 40% increase for us? Yeah. Almost 50%. So it's, it's crazy. All right, so that's the residential primary mm-hmm. uh, residence kind of kind of thing, but let's talk about real estate investing because let's. you personally are a real estate investor and mm-hmm. you help people along these lines. Absolutely, and that's one yeah. of the things I'm most passionate about. So um, back in, I want to say 2018, I reread the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. I had read it mm. maybe eight years earlier, right before I got into my my corporate job, and. I read that book, and I also read Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged, and my yes, mind. Yes. <laughs> talk about a you know you melt one brain away and grow a whole new one. <laughs> yeah. So that the Ayn Rand's book ch- changed my mind. Reading Rich Dad Poor Dad again, it like reignited a fire in me, and I kept asking myself, why don't more people do this? Like this is mm. this is the American dream, literally, to um, work, you know, save your money, invest. And then live a carefree life, right? I mean, most people only dream of that in other countries. My right. my parents, for instance, they came from Jamaica, brought us here to huh. have a better life. Wow. And I had no clue. My dad was the poor dad in that book. Mm. So it, it was really inspiring to read that and see that there is a way out instead of working till you're 97, you know, just, right. to, just to afford the place where you live. But yeah, that's how I got started. Um, I, you know, 20... 19 bought my house and then we we got two more investment properties in um january 2020 and then july of 2020 
And then, you know, I left my corporate job that August. I took a six week uh, um, sabbatical or whatever you want to call it, because, you know, my mind was just changing constantly. I kept reading, reading, reading and reading. Like one of the books I read was Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And that was another mind meld. Right. So it was uh, my, my whole psyche, my whole mindset was changing and I didn't want to work for somebody else creating their dream. You know, leaving mine on the table. Right. So, you know, I left that job and I was, you know, chilling for a little bit because, you know, you're in corporate for 10 years Mm -hmm. and you're just chilling and, you know, relaxing. And the fiance was like, so when are you going to get a real job? (laughs) I was like, "Um, well, you know, I'm taking my time. I'm relaxing. I'm decompressing. You know, you know, I've got to get my mind right. She's like, no, 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 you need a job. So (laughs) I was already doing real estate investing. I was already deep into it, reading books like, you know, the Burr Method and um, the Rich Dad Poor Dad's uh, Guide to Investing and all all this other stuff. So I figured if I really want to teach people how to do this and if I really want to get the most out of this, I'm going to be a realtor and I'm going to help people learn how to invest, not just buy and sell or Mm -hmm. help you build your dream home. But why don't I help set you up for the for the future? Show you how it can be done and help you get educated. Yeah. And that that's where all of this was born. Okay, let's talk about me some more. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> oh no! So so Holly and I. So uh, the the big speculative stock in our portfolio is Business Radio X, right? Because mm-hmm. Lee and I are trying to grow the network, you know. And I've got I'm I'm one of the the 19 folks that have a studio like this, mm-hmm. and we're in 37 markets. We're trying to grow this thing, uh, and and then we do have like the 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 401k stuff invested mm-hmm. from the real job that <laughs> that Holly has, mm-hmm. and, and and we've been blessed. We've done uh, pretty well by my standards uh, anyway. Uh, we don't have any real estate investments other than a property that Holly owns a fourth of, mm-hmm. you know, because her sister's or a fifth of or whatever it is of a place. So let's say uh, Holly and I and you, we sit down, we have a cup of coffee, and we say, okay, Trevon, we, we want to take a, a look at this real estate investing thing. Uh, what does that look like? What is that conversation like? So uh, I like an in-person conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of old school when it comes to that. Um, yeah. So if we, if you are okay with that, we'll sit down, have some coffee, maybe you know, black maybe a rifle. beer, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or a beer. Let's talk beer market. Yeah, you got to know your customer, Trevor. <laughs> exactly. So you know, I'm flexible. I'll go wherever. All right. Um, so we'll sit down and we'll have what kind of like a discovery meeting. So what what are your goals? What does real estate investing look like to you? Um, and once you're finished talking about that, I'll show you how your goals can fit into either a, a buy and hold situation where you purchase a property, you put some renters in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you do yeah. a fix and flip where you purchase a property, you renovate it, and then you resell it, right? That's a part of the Burr method. Um, or whether a real estate investment trust is better for you. So that's called a REIT. And there, there are quite a few of those around. And you know, Matt's shaking his head here, so he knows, he knows. Right, right. So, um, you know, Cardone Capital is one of the more famous ones of late. Right. You know, by Grant Cardone. And then you have uh, Open Door Capital by Brandon Turner, and he was one of the founders of Bigger Pockets, which uh, is a great resource for anybody looking to self-learn about um, uh, real estate investing. Right. So, um, Brandon Turner, he, he generally deals with uh, mobile homes and mobile home parks, which a lot of people really don't think there's a lot of money there, but yeah. there's a tremendous amount of money right? in mobile home parks. Yeah, I mean, people pay on time. 
for the right. most part. There's right. little to no maintenance, you know, because for the most part, they're taking care of the stuff themselves. Right. You hire a property management company to come in and take care of most things for you. And you're living a hands off, carefree life. So, you know, it, it, it's all about whatever route you want to go down. And then depending on, let's say you do a buy and hold, we'll talk about how you separate your your cash flow, your cash on cash return, um, your uh, property management fees or capital expenditures or whether you want to put the extra money back on the principal of the loan mm-hmm. to pay the property off faster, you know, to uh, appreciate your value more quickly you know, it all depends on what your strategy is, how close you are to retirement or how close you are to your goals. You know, we even punt it over to a financial advisor, <laughs> right, right? Right. financial planner, right, <clears throat> to see how those will fit into your goals. And then we'd be off to the races, purchase the property and, you know, learn from there, go from there. So are there some differences in uh, funding this kind of thing, borrowing money for this kind of thing um, from what it is like when you're we're do- doing a primary Residence. Absolutely. There's okay. a, a myriad. So, you know, let's start with the, the one with the most stigma, you know, hard money loans, right? Let's start there. Okay. So hard money loans get a bad rap because, you know, it's like dealing with a loan shark. <laughs> so, but, I mean, they, they've grown into a wonderful industry that, you know, treats you just as well or even better than your traditional mortgage lender. Hmm. Um, I've got a relationship with one guy right now, Matt Leinberger. I mean, they, they are charging, now this is with excellent credit, 7 to 8% on a hard money interest. And that's unheard mm-hmm. of. You saw, you saw his head turn, right? <laughs> right, right. So, but you don't ever see a hard money loan with interest in the single digits like nobody sees that gotcha but the guys at lima one they can they can offer that um so you know hard money's for people that don't know three to six to nine to twelve month loan that mm-hmm. you it's a short-term loan obviously and about the end of the term all of the money is owed so this would be a good fit for a fix and flip so Got it. you know you buy a property for one six one fifty it takes sixty k to to fix it up, to flip it, you know, you have an ARV or after repair value of 275 you know, you're going to walk away with a good chunk of change there. But yep. that, that's a dream scenario, though, right now. So, you know, <laughs> nobody go looking for that. <laughs> but, but if you have a good credit rating, mm-hmm. this is – well, I was going to say something to go explore. No, don't go explore. Have a beer with Travon. There you go. And let, because these different paths are going to fit different personalities, different sets of objectives. Uh, there may be a little couples therapy involved for you, too. Because yes. Holly, you know, <laughs> I thought we wanted to do this. Well, no, I was thinking we'd do that. Yeah, and, that, and that's when I tell you, well, well, let's lay all the options on the table. You guys go home and talk, and then call me right, later. Right. You know? So I, uh, I, I asked Matt a, a similar question, but I'm interested in, in where the business comes from like again i don't know that a that a billboard a bunch i i, I don't know that that's really a, a necessarily the the ideal path for for a guy like you right no 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 um you do have realtors that are on billboards and big teams that are on billboards but i find it personally more gratifying to network with people or meet new people and mm-hmm. go out and talk to people and just you know if what i do comes up or if i bring it up and you're interested we'll talk it's it's not a um, a thing to where I'm just going to go throw it in your face 24 right. seven. This is an organic conversation, and you can't force somebody to invest in real estate. I mean, yeah, it's it's one of the best returns on on investment over the last what thirty plus years 
I mean, it's beaten stocks and bonds and, you know, so forth and so on for forever. So it speaks for itself. But you can't just tell people that, you know, most of the one of the right. sales tactics, you're a sales guy, you know, is asking people towards the, the, the issue or towards sure, the solution. Yeah. Ask them the questions and then they'll turn around. And they go, oh, and that's when they'll <laughs> go. All right, let's talk about investing in real estate. So you never force it on anyone. You just show right. them, show them what it can do ask them what their goals are, that kind of deal. But I like meeting people. I like going out and meeting people and sitting down for a beer (laughs) 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 and having a conversation. And then if it comes up, it comes up. If not, Hey, let's, you know, let's just be friends. Cool. Yeah. And when you invest genuinely invest in a relationship like that, Mm -hmm. um, even if for whatever reason, you know, uh, Holly shuts me down or we, 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 (laughs) you know, we decide to get a golf cart this, this summer instead or or what, or or what, let's see there. That's the other thing, right? You're the guy who knows the guy because you invest in those relationships. Still, when I'm, when I'm down in Florida hunting with Rusty and he says, you know, I really, I got to tell you, this conversation happened. Uh, Russ really enjoys the mountain biking. And of Mm -hmm. course we're like, apparently, you know, Nirvana for, for the mountain biking and he's got this idea of getting a place that that would that he would rent out and and rent to bikers oh, right so you, you know and i said well I, you know if this is something you're seriously considering um a if it's going to work let me in uh <laughs> and i'll pay you back later my, partnership my my, my my brother's younger better looking and makes more money than me i i, I don't like him at all <laughs> you don't say i have no use for it but no i'm I, i'm i'm much quicker to mention you to him you just you never know where things are going to go mm-hmm. uh when you just establish that that genuine relationship right yeah, absolutely and that that's why i love it so much it, it's part of why i love meeting people i like serving people and if i can, if i can't help you in my profession and you you right. need something else i've got a guy i know somebody that can that's so fantastic. that's I'm the connector, so that that's that's it. So you mentioned several books as as we were talking. I, mm-hmm. I'm curious what's on what's on your nightstand right now. What are you what are you reading now? So um, I just reached the end of uh, uh, Profit First by Mike Michaelowitz. Yes, we interviewed him. Yeah. Oh man, we, we run our business on those principles. Yeah, uh, we being me and Lee, and here in my shop. Yeah, that, it's so fascinating. Like to to understand that you take your profit first instead of the end. I don't know. He says in the book, it's so it's mind blowing to everyone because nobody does it, and it's never been done like that before. So that that's wonderful. Um, and then um, what what do I what am I rereading right now? I'm rereading the Burr strategy, right? And I just started listening to Ed Milet, and I have one of his books in my um, Audible library right now, but I, I can't remember the name. But the Ed Milet show. The podcast and his books, great guy. Um, yeah, so that that's that's what's on my nightstand right now. Well, I gotta say, I love the advent of audiobooks. I love the advent of um, like the podcasting community. There's so much content out there, and you can wait through that and, and get a hold of what you want. Mm-hmm. But something that you said really uh, kind of created a twinkle in my eye, and I think it is so powerful to reread. Mm-hmm. You know, especially these classics that are just chock full. It's like, and it, you'll learn something new and different every time you do, don't you? Yes, absolutely. And it's like, how did I miss that the last time? Or why wasn't I paying attention on this page 
the last time. You know, so much so that you want to take notes and you write stuff down and you're like, all right, cool, I have to use this. I have to use this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Every time I reread a book, that, that's, that's the way it is. So you've been at it a while now. Clearly, it's, it's working. It's going to continue mm-hmm. to, to work. What, uh, what are you finding the most rewarding? What are you enjoying the most about this work, uh, maybe versus corporate or just, you know, by itself? What are you finding the most rewarding? Well, let's just, you know, <laughs> I can choose who I want to work with. No, just, <laughs> just kidding. No, that's important, right? <laughs> it is important. It is important, you know, for sanity, for happiness, all that good stuff. But the most rewarding part, on, especially on the residential side, is the finality of emotions that come across the table. When you're sitting at that final closing table and you see the relief or the happiness, or the relaxation in your client's face, like, I finally sold my place, or I'm finally buying a house for the first time, or the 10th mm. the time, or whatever it may be, you know, it that is satisfying to me. And to know that I had a hand in helping them get there, you know, brings joy to me every time. I'll bet. So, so um, you are such an enthusiastic uh, person, your, your authenticity, your... your um, your your vigor for for this work just I mean it comes I'm sure it comes through over the airways I guarantee you guys it comes through here in the <laughs> in the studio and you know you're human you you, you got to from time to time you, your battery's got to be running running low so I'll ask you a question the same one I asked Matt uh, where do you go man to to kind of get recharged and, and 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 get inspired is it the books or is it beyond that so the books yes like I like to sit down with a good book and and you know relax but I don't podcasts as well going outside um taking a run and crossfit i mean i call myself the crossfit and realtor for a reason so you know he's a very fit guy i don't know if you can tell from his headshot on on the published piece but yeah trevon is very fit he he reminds me of the old spice you you ever watch the old spice now i'm on a boat no i'm on a horse i'll take that as a compliment But yeah, then throwing some weights around really, really relieves some stress. I mean, yeah, I, I like doing it first thing in the morning, you know, um, because if I don't do it first thing in the morning, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to get too busy. So, yeah. you know, it's another book I read, Eat the Frog, you know, do the thing that that's going to take the most time or that or that you hate doing the most in the morning. Who is that author? We interviewed her years ago. Oh my gracious! I, I but I, I I'm going to dig that up for you. And I'm yeah. going to send it. It's funny. I, I don't remember the author's name, but I remember that ti- that title has marketing legs. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, yes, yeah. it does. Oh it, but it's such great advice, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, eat the frog. So explain to him what that what that means. Eat, eating the frog. It's so that, yeah, yeah. The concept is. I mean, nobody wants to. You know, most people really don't want to get up and work out at five thirty in the morning, right? Right. Who, who wants to go do that, right? But are you going to do it later after you get off work? What's the likelihood of doing that? You know, exactly. So wake, wake your behind up, go to the gym, get, get going and you'll be re-energized and re, you know, after doing that, everything else seems easier. Yes. Everything else is downhill after that. Do the thing you hate the most. If, if your job includes making cold calls and administrative work, make the cold calls first, you know, get that out of the way. And then you're, you're done after a couple hours and you go, Huh, I don't have to do that for the rest of the day. (laughs) So, you know, eat the frog. Do the thing that you dread doing the most in the morning, and the rest of the day will serve itself. Yeah. And side note, how impressed are we all that I've interviewed two authors that you mentioned? Wow. Very impressed. (laughs) 
personally. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's leave our listeners with a way to touch base with you, man. How can they get in touch with you and sit down and have that cup of coffee or yeah, beer or whatever? Or beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Travon at kw.com. Uh, 404-967-1314. You can catch me on Instagram at CrossFit.Realtor or Facebook, LinkedIn, all of the above. I'm there. Or go to my website, contact.soldbytravon.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming in and hanging out with us today, man. This has been a great this, deal of fun. Yeah, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. And, uh, man, this is great. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is Stone Payton for our guest today and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Cherokee Business Radio. Yeah.